There are people in this world that just sparkle with an almost magical and radiant energy, leaving a wake of good stuff wherever they go. We just love meeting and talking with these folks who inspire us to be better, do better. Well, this is a very, very special Inspired Green Divas segment for me personally because I have one of my very favorite people on the planet who I don't get to see very often. I had to lure her up here. Um, (laughs) She is, talk about inspiring, Carrie Nicole McCaffrey is a wonderful poet, but she's so many things, including a teacher being a teacher, um, an educator. She's an author. Uh, she's got several book of poems, the latest of which is called Raspberry Summers and the Brush of Thorns. Her poetry is magical. She is really inspired by nature. And, and if it's not her words, it's her poets, um, her pictures, uh, like, you know, uh, even on the internet, the pictures of your adventures, um, you know, with the kids hiking or whatever, they're, they're magical. And I love your, your view of nature and you bring it, you bring it to us all through your words. Uh, anyway, so yay. Hi, Carrie. Thank you for having me, Meg. She's in I'm the really studio. excited to be here. Yeah. And, um, I've known you as a friend and a green diva and a radio talk show host and, just as an artist, I think you're very artistic really? and for so many years. And now, wait a minute, coming from you, that's like so flattering. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm so, so glad to be here. <laughs> and your house is beautiful. I'm at Meg's uh, recording studio in her house. And I'm, um, for those of you who have not seen it, it's yeah. very impressive. I was driving up here and it felt like I was driving one of those old little towns in Vermont yeah. with, the, with the beautiful homes I'm with the porch you. on the front. And then when I came in, it's even more beautiful on the inside, Meg. Well, Booton is a really cool little town having a renaissance, and it's very fun to be here at this time and to live really, you know, within – I walked a town, and right. it's kind of cool. And your view is beautiful. Hey, you haven't been here yet. No, oh, my God. I'm here now. It's great. Bad girl. So <laughs> – uh, Carrie also has is a teacher in in one of the school districts here nearby. Um, she teaches English, right? I teach English in Mendham. In Mendham. Yes. So I went into her classroom because she also did the environmental club for a while. I don't right. know if you still I do remember that. that. It had to be about ten years ago, Meg. It was no right? I think it was. I was new. Um, really, that long? I kind of knew in the school. Yeah. Oh my God. And you came in to do the environmental club with me. And her students adored her. But no, I did think I even came in to do a writing thing once you with did. your. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I've been in a couple times. A couple of times. Anyway, for good reason. And we and started the garden member. Yeah. Beyond the nature. I don't do it anymore, but we had the nature garden that you helped us with, get wow. ideas for. Oh my God. The Garden of Hope. The Garden of Hope. Yeah. I think it's called the Outdoor Learning Center now. It's more scientific, but. It started as the Garden of Hope. And it is the Garden of Hope. Wow. Yeah. All right. So I'm just like going down every lane. <laughs> and it's, it's just all good. so exciting to have eyes on my friend here because, you know, we, we've corresponded and we try to communicate, but we haven't seen each you other. You have been a, a dear time. friend just for the listeners. 
And I'm sure any listeners that know you feel the same way. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm blushing. <laughs> so let's talk about you have you've got four books of poetry that and, and I know you've got volumes of poetry that still isn't published. <laughs> But because I, I just know, I know, and, and I've never read anything of yours that didn't literally, like, either floor me or make me bust a tear, practically. Thanks, I Meg. see I see nature through your eyes and, and, and other scenes as well. You, you have some very personal emotional things that you mm-hmm. have shared with people through your poetry. But I'm particularly um, wanting to tell people to... Because I think sometimes when we talk about the environment and climate change and saving, well, not saving the earth, saving us, right? I mean, Correct. let's be honest. Yeah. I think when we connect with nature, it makes it easier to take action or easier to, to not throw that plastic bag or not even get a plastic bag. You know what I mean? Right. It makes it easier to make decisions. That are healthier for I all I saw of one us. of those memes on Facebook, Meg. I don't know if it was last night or the night before. It was just one of those little pictures, and it said, um, if we go very deep into the woods, something like if we go very deep into the woods and we're very quiet, we realize that we're connected with nature. And it was more prosaic mm. than mm. that. Sounds like but a John thing to say, yeah, it was, right? <laughs> it was, and it's true. Like We're all so busy. We're always staring at our at our um, cell phones and and Guilty. which is it's part of our business now and yeah. or you know or we're busy with you know trying to make ends meet so it's really important i i make myself there's some days where i don't want to go deep into the woods i really don't i'd rather not take the drive to get there or, yeah yeah and in the summer i can't really hike behind my house because it's too it's like vietnam during the war <laughs> it's very thick back there and there's ticks and i'm afraid yeah. i'm gonna get lyme disease worse than i already have it i'm blind in one eye from it i can't see out of the other but so That's like insane. some days i have to drive far to go to the woods but i always make myself do it and once i'm there i'm always glad because mm-hmm. when i get into the deep woods or like the the pine a pine forest and all yeah. I hear is like a Blackburnian warbler and, and you're mm. sitting against a pine tree and you, and you can really just hear your own soul and you can connect it with, with what's right. Well, you know? it does put things in perspective. So I think in this, you know, in this episode, in this segment, what we're talking about is, you know, this is one way, one to way. find to find that connection. And, uh, and right. I'm telling you, if you are in the dead of winter and you're mm-hmm. frozen in your little house and you're not going out to the woods, read some of this poetry. It warms you up. It brings you there. It is a meditation in Thanks, nature. Meg. Let's let's read Thank something you. from your new book. Which... Okay. Well, you know how when when you write something and then – and you always read my things. When I give you a scrap of paper or a poem, I may not hear it like from you from a day or two. And then I'll get a, a text from Meg. So – Meg, I know you always read my poems, but sometimes what we feel is the most important poem or the best poem is not. Right. So I thought I would read this poem because everyone who seems to be reading this seems to really enjoy it. Okay. And it's called Once I Sailed the Seas. And my Raspberry Summers and the Brush of Thorns, mm-hmm. um, which is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere online. Yeah, <laughs> If people want it. Go get but it. But like, it's, um, it's about healing the inner child. And 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 we can heal the inner child in many different ways. And I've been to the Bethlehem Hermitage for spiritual direction a lot mm-hmm. over the last couple of years in Chester. And the hermits there have really encouraged me to go back and heal my inner child in many different ways by not being afraid to go back and face what happened in my life. Mm-hmm. 
to go back to those quiet times in nature that I had growing up in Sleepy Hollow and Pecanico Hills and, and, and see where I came from, see the peace that I came from yeah. and try to bring that in any way possible back into my life. And just like you said, to get back into nature, like we need to get there. Like if we're bleeding, we take ourselves to the emergency room. If we're not peaceful, we need to take ourselves to a place of peace to become healed. It's not going to happen just like, oh, I'm bleeding. I'm going to sit here. Like we yeah. need to do things. And one Take of the action. things is to think, like to go into the deep woods. So okay. this is about where I grew up in um, Hawthorne, New York, right on the other side of Buttermilk Mountain from Be- Pecanico Hills and Sleepy Hollow. And it's called Once I Sailed the Seas. Mm. Once I Sailed the Seas. When they built the highway by my childhood home, they left a little place where we could play, a retaining pond island with prodigal forest, jungle lush and ringed with goldenrod, purple loosestrife. I'd often pick some flowers as I roamed. Construction workers left behind a cement tub when they were finished, which I didn't know its actual purpose at the time, resembled a boat. So I sailed it to the isle, a solitary voyage, and there reveled in the quiet, hunted bullfrogs and toads, dreamed of other lands and future times. Five years after we moved, my family drove by the pond, the tub still there, moored in sedge. More recently, I couldn't spot it from the road. About a half a century now has passed. I think it sunk or rusted like a wreck, though once I thought it invincible. Could I launch an expedition without my sanity being questioned? I would don scuba tank and mask, Explore the emerald waters where it sank. Discover something from a time long past. An artifact, perhaps, a baseball or telescope, my white navel hat. But really, we all understand, no one survives such a sinking. And though I know my little boy's soul still haunts the place, I remember once I was a captain who vowed to sink with his beloved ship. Ooh, wow. What a, what a, powerful powerful visual story that is of a childhood like yeah like like the the wow the magical things that we create with what we have right what they left you and that's a true story they um that was probably like 1969 1968 1970 somewhere in that time and there was a deep jade retaining pond island that they had built with the hawthorne circle back then so they had done work on the Hawthorne Circle. And I remember I went there, you know, those magic times in childhood. I was like, is it a tub? Right? (laughs) Is it a boat? It's going to float. So I got in it and I sailed it over to that island. And I remember, like, I just remember how cool that was. And then we moved from Sleepy Hall. My father got transferred. And I just remembered um, the magic of those times and, and seeing it like five or 10 years later when we drove by and seeing it still there thinking, oh my God, like, you know, that yeah, you was, dated yourself. It was one of the first times you, you could really Half see time passing. You did, I know. You dated yourself. Exactly. Just, just adding in there, girl. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. Wow. That's one. Well, I think it also speaks to the fact that it's possible to to be wildly creative and happy as a child without a laptop or a smartphone. I love that interpretation, too. I think you're right. You know, it's I important. Mean, when I was a kid, I played in the woods. That's where I, I was a tomboy. Right. And my happy place was the woods. The woods. Oh, yep. my gosh. Exactly. Because yeah. you can find yourself. Kids, I remember. All day. Yeah, all day long. All day long. Yeah. Okay. So, Read us another one, please. Okay. Come on. Come on. Well. I want more. 
Um, Apparently, I always want more. <laughs> I have more. We'll read um, The Delaware at Sunset. Yes. Ooh, yes. The Delaware at Sunset. Gliding past Van Campen, poplar breeze and sycamore, fields various and purple, rich bergamot, loosestrife, the violet-colored clover. I'm a child, newly minted, turning down a dirt road. Fields open colorfully, an Amish clothesline in spring. Once again, I'm powered by grape crush, pedal past long grass, puddle and pool, through bower of barberry, pray for absence of bear, and where thickets cease, river winds. Soon I find suspension, jade refreshment, sunlight and riffles, just me, as far as I can see. Later, some middle-aged gents combine canoes, laughing, and for some reason, flying a Jolly Roger on a pole mast. Kind pirates, they see me swimming, wave, but do not board my peace. As fishermen appear, Kindle fire on rocky beach. Watch me from Pennsylvania's shore. I observe them from a different state. I am ten once more. Grape soda, the bike ride, an impromptu swim. Men finding their boyhoods, fishing, flying the Jolly Roger as Huck once did. The water swirls me gently around, never really moving upstream or down. Every river has such eddies, each body, soul. Wow. Wow. So, again, you are rich with descriptions of of the trees and the the herbs, the wildflowers, the bergamot? Bergamot. Does that grow wild? It's bee balm. So it's it's okay. bee balm. It's wild bee balm. So um, it's a kind of a cornflowerish yeah, color. It looks yeah. just like like a cornflower color, yeah. and it smells heavenly. So when the summer is up in the wall pack and up in Stokes, yeah. there's fields of it. It smells so good, Meg. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, again, I, I'm, the pink, the picture was painted, mm-hmm. and um, I, I'm with you there on the river, fueled by grape, <laughs> grape soda, <laughs> right? But pray for absence of bear. That was pretty funny. <laughs> I know grape? exactly. Well, to get there, I had to go through that bower, Meg. And the the trees, they were, I think they were like a Japanese type of barberry. Okay. They were reaching over and you had to, I had to like get off of my bike and like kind of crouch down to get through that last 40 yards. And as I was in this bower and it's muddy underneath and I'm trying to drag my bike through because I know the river is right at the other end. I had already kind of driven the bike through the fields. I said to myself... There's, if a bear comes right now, I am basically on its dinner plate. Yeah. You're a bear <laughs> you know? hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. So. Well, so if you haven't um, y- y- gotten enough of Carrie's um, poetry, she's got several books, Sleepy Hollow uh, to New Hampshire and Wallpack in Between, Wallpack and Such Poetry. And in the Valley of Glow Trees, which I just love. I love them all. Thank you. Megan. So look You're for my biggest fan. I, I probably I really appreciate am, it. Re, you know, ridiculously and happily so. <laughs> um, Carrie Nicole McCaffrey, right. and uh, go, I really encourage you, especially during this kind of wintry. You know, it's a great time to read and connect and use your imagination through her beautiful words. Thank you, Meg. 
And I hope everyone goes out and buys it. And let me know what you think about it, too. If there's um, on feedback, I would love to know that. And um, you can also visit my website, which is thepoetseyes.com. All right. You heard so, it. Thank you, everybody. Do it, folks. We hope you're feeling the sparkle. Go out there and light up the world. As Dante said, even a little spark may burst a flame. For more inspiration, visit thegreendivas.com and listen for this and other shows on gdgdradio.com.